Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Anthony with the pump fake and one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career, but look at him smiling. We go, my man. <laughs> Another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach. And we are a Camelo Stanthony podcast. And occasionally and probably more regularly, we'll talk some fantasy basketball. Natty, how you doing today? Howdy and what's up? I'm okay. Go America. Go America indeed. And go NBA. Because we, in a little bit over than a month, are going to have NBA games again. And I don't know about you, Natty. I know... Player safety for those who uh, who did play in the finals. I saw somewhere where it's like they'll have seventy days between <laughs> between playing Dude. basketball and playing uh, uh, the twenty twenty one season. But I'm pretty stoked that we're about to get a NBA off season compressed into like thirty days. I am here for it personally. It's just another example of how fucking crazy all of this is and how we have to adapt and. Let me just say, let let me repeat what we said before the bubble was happening and while people were planning it and even at the beginning of it. Things change, man. Like, we're going to have a long, dark winter. It's going to be really bad. And all of these plans are subject to change. But the fact that they are adamant about coming back and being ready for Christmas leads me to believe that the... Tim Duncan rule is going to be in full effect this year by which I mean like your stars can rest unless it's mm, national totally. television because yeah. like, I mean, it is completely unfair to the teams that did well that went to the fight, you know, like we keep mentioning the Lakers whenever we're talking about like, Oh, they don't have much rest time like Miami too. Come on. Yeah. They, they have injuries like things that it's, and they're getting, disadvantaged i suppose because they did well you know like it's a weird winner's tax and we're not going to cry for them but um you know they have legitimate gripes but fuck it man let's go let's go 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 it's a mad max movie fucking roar those engines man i want to see some weird shit that's the fucking spirit uh all right well we're going to talk about some fantasy basketball today we're going to talk about players who are coming off of serious injuries and kind of setting our expectations for them. Before we get into that, though, Natty, I know I told you to look at it. Did you go and look at the Sixers City jersey for this year? I sure did. Did you see that they <laughs> hid trust the process? In- did you see that they took the Philadelphia cream cheese logo and put it across Dude. the front? <laughs> First of all, no Liberty Bell, as far as I can see, which is just dumb. <laughs> Philadelphia, USA, I mean, I get it, but, like, come on. That's, yeah, they're not great. They also just don't look like, they don't, like, if you took away the team oh, name. Oh, you took away the Philadelphia, what the fuck am I looking at? Yeah. It looks, this like, could it looks be, like houses lit up for Christmas. Right. It could be Lexington, Kentucky. I don't know. Like, that just yeah. sort of looks like somebody's neighborhood. 
the, I get the, that. I, I there's been a whole push from like Sixers PP, PR for being like uh, uh, Ben Simmons convinced them to go wear black jerseys again, and as a nod to like the Allen Iverson era Sixers. And it's like if you want to make a nod to the Allen Iverson Sixers, let's come out and like wear those jerseys. Like let's let's yeah. not just have black jerseys that say Philadelphia on them and some weird like glow in the dark houses. Like let's let's fucking actually have the classic Sixers logo and let's do some cool mods with that. I mean, come on, you've seen I I do uh, basketball and just general jerseys. I mock up a bunch of jerseys and on they're my great Instagram. always. Thank you, thank you, appreciate that. But uh, like, and there's a whole bunch of people who've done that who just like you, you've seen. There's so many good combos of taking like the old Sixers stuff and modifying it for the now. And when you see jerseys like the Spurs, the Spurs City jerseys this year are gorgeous. Oh, my God. They finally include the Fiesta colors, and they're just pristine and beautiful. It's just like Sixers. What are we doing here? You are just setting yourselves up up for failure. That being said, the Daryl Morey Sixers have already me, have me already so excited. So it's a – it's a, I, Yeah, but I'm the feeling, jerseys are sort good. of like a, a metaphor for the dysfunction of that team. Mm. Like they were excited about it and they, you know, they hid shit and they were, they thought they were clever. And I haven't read anything that says that Daryl Morey like won't be conquered by Sixeritis, which seems to happen (laughs) to everybody that goes like, he's going to conquer Philadelphia. Philadelphia won't conquer him. And uh, a little skeptical, a little skeptical, but the, the fact that the jerseys are such a big deal sort of just makes me think like sneakerheads conquered the world along with comic book nerds. And mm-hmm. I'm half of that. Uh, but everybody loves designing, which is great. And I used to hate like the new jerseys coming out all the time. Cause I thought it was just a corporate cash grab exhibit a, the Pistons teal jerseys, which still, Oh man, like it's Trump and then it's the teal jerseys right there. <laughs> it's one A and one B. Uh, that's some harsh words for the teal there have jerseys. been I've seen some cool, like I'm not yeah. calling them throwbacks, but like teal designs for you know retro piston shit. It's just that like if you want to honor AI and the last time your team went to the finals, maybe you should actually put something in there that seems similar to either AI yeah. or that like put hide AI in the fucking like what's wrong with hell yeah also if you actually want to trust the process don't hide it like it should have just been like a bar sign or something in the in one of the house oh god it was such a miss it was such a miss but Um, when you do this every year like you're you're gonna have some misses that's that's super true that's super true um and it and it is something where it's like at a certain point you only have so many uh things to draw on for a city jersey so i'll be curious to see kind of what what happens ultimately with that that series whether or not they keep it going city or if they ultimately kind of like maybe spice it up and and try to do something like a you know a retro one where they you know they everyone's quote-unquote sizzy jersey is just like a, a kind of modified retro well i mean that's the one thing that the nba has over any other sport right now is their jersey and the creativity that goes into those jerseys and yeah some of them and are this misses. podcast and this podcast. I mean, that's <laughs> let's be honest. This is the number one thing the NBA has to market is this podcast. Um, Stop. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they're misses, but at least they're doing like really cool, creative things on these totally. as, as opposed to like the you know NFL or or NHL, where you know you're just getting the same old, same old over and over and over again. And yo, man, the misses are just as instructive because good ideas yeah. can happen in a room, and then as soon as 
that idea leaves that particular room, it's garbage. Right. Like, you remember the DC's old, like, gold uniforms? Mm, yes, I do. And how they, they, like, sort of, like, you could see why someone would be like, oh, this will look cool. And they just kind of looked cheap. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of always wanted Philadelphia, like, if you were going to go metallic, and I do sort of feel like teams should have a metallic cover, you know, like comic books used to do. But they could go, like, bronze and just have the bell, like, the broken bell, like, that's the big jersey. And right. it's like, you're big, that's... You're big on this broken bell. If it's not included, Natty doesn't want a part of the jersey. Dude, I, I like, Old Town, I mean, whatever. There, there are a few nationally identifiable things yes. from Philadelphia, so you should lean in instead of, yep. like, hey, here's a black background that doesn't have any Philadelphia buildings in it, and we hid TTP. Like they just look like they could be from anywhere. So who cares? Yeah, which just which just to me when I first saw it next to a bunch of houses was like, oh, did they TP these houses? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Also, did like anyone did the bosses notice, or is this one of those like Disney animator hidden things where you know you only see it once the VHS comes out? You're like, yeah. Oh, that's a oh. penis. Got it. Oh, Scar says fuck when he hits, or is it sex when he hits the? <laughs> I don't know. What a something. The Showing our age, Pete. Showing yeah, our age. I know. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into some fantasy basketball talk. Uh, we're gonna talk. What do we got? Like one, two, three, four, five, six, six guys all coming off of serious injuries, all coming off of uh, kind of missed seasons, and setting our expectations for twenty twenty one basketball, and just kind of a. Oh, where we're feeling like these guys should go in your fantasy basketball drafts and redrafts. And uh, I didn't personally, but maybe you did, Natty, kind of giving out, throwing out maybe some uh, some stats that we would kind of expect from them. And let's start with the guy who I think is, I think the biggest person to talk about, obviously, is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant coming off of his ruptured, torn, exploded Achilles. Um, <laughs> early 30s playing on a new team. What are your vibes for Kevin Durant uh, this year in Brooklyn in his first season wearing, a, wearing the Nets black? Okay, KD's last, well, it was just two years ago, 2018-19 um, for Golden State. He played 78 games. He averaged 26 points per game, five three-point attempts with a 35 three-point percentage. Six plus rebounds per game, which was his lowest in the last 11 years, by the way. Six times per game, and one plus blocks. That's pretty fucking good. He <laughs> good is now going basketball. to be on a t- Right. That seems, all of those seem good. And when they're combined, it seems really good. Um, KD at 100% is a lock to be a top 10 finisher in fantasy basketball, I think. Um, yep. And the fact that he had those numbers with a team that had two hall of fame shooters you know like he had that amount of volume even with steph curry and even with clay thompson um i think kd and kyrie on the nets are obviously the focal points they'll both be given the opportunity to regularly you know score 40 points a game if they want to like they're they'll get the full heart and effect it's their team um no one else I shouldn't say that, but uh, the other players just don't have as much cachet as KD or Kyrie, even if they brought in a third star, like it's hard to think of a third guy that would be, that would consider themselves the alpha above, maybe above Kyrie. Eh, I don't know. 
I don't think, I but, mean, like, unless you're like somehow <laughs> magically getting Anthony Davis on this team, like, I don't, I mean, I don't well, know like, if they got hardened somehow, I, this is, I don't think they can, but like a player like that. Maybe, maybe he would see himself above Kyrie. But like, Kyrie has a chip and has made one of the most important shots in NBA history, and Harden, true. you know, hasn't. Um, although it's funny, if Chris Paul went to that team, I feel like he would be in charge, but that's just sort of Chris Paul. True. Uh, but God Kevin Durant is going to be like, I don't think Kevin Durant is going to be the number one pick overall in fantasy, but I do think that there's a chance he could end up being the number one player when it's all said and done. Would you, would you uh, let him, if you were drafting, would you let him fall out of the top 10 picks? Shit. I mean, that's totally context dependent, Steve. Uh, fucking Pete. That just boggled my mind because then I just started, like, the note card started flipping. Okay, Peter. Um, I don't think that you can. Yes, that's, that's, I totally agree. I think Kevin Durant, even though he's coming off an Achilles injury, even though he's, what, 32 yeah. years old? Like, oh, come on with that. Like, He's a top 10 pick. He's a top 10 pick no matter what. He is going to get you rebounds. He is going to get you assists. He is going to get you points. He is going to get you fucking defense. I mean, the guy has been averaging like almost two stocks a game for the last three years, four years now. So like he's going to get you everything that you want, everything that's required to be a number one guy on a fantasy team. I know some people might be worried. The Achilles injury is something that like, we've seen it a few times it does destroy people's career it does completely change how a player plays but for me personally i'm like call it blind optimism or or blind faith (laughs) but i'm just i just like i i can't just a blindfolded man shooting a gun to the sky buddy amen the grim the the slim reaper is is going to uh is going to do what he does best and i just think that his game maybe it'll evolve but he's still such a deadly shooter at fucking seven feet tall. I mean, God, I was watching, yeah. I was watching highlights, and it's just like when Kevin Durant wants to shoot, he will shoot. No one's going to ever block a shot of Kevin Durant. So I just think it's I think if you if you are drafting him outside of the top 10 picks, like if he falls that far in your drafts, you need to start be playing with with people who know basketball because it's preposterous to think that that he's not a top 10 pick and yes there's injury risks but there's injury risks with everyone so let's you know let's calm down about that i do think that a pretty good argument for not taking him in the top five like for letting him fall is that you're not sure how he's going to be managed if this is going to be a compressed season uh you would assume he doesn't play back-to-backs um you know maybe they have a hard minute cap on him so while his averages might be great, he might not get those minutes that get you that sweet volume that That's you love in fantasy basketball. Like I wouldn't take him number one. No, in a fantasy no, no, no. I wouldn't either. No, I don't. And I think, I don't think he's a top five pick, but I do think that he is certainly a top 10 pick. And, you know, like you can think, you can think yourself out of making a good decision. Like sometimes you just have to be like, oh, right. It's Kevin Durant. Like, yeah. what the fuck am I talking about? Right. Um, and there are only a few players in the NBA who do have 
an actual chance to end up as the most valuable player in fantasy. And Kevin Durant is one of those, even with the presumed lower amount of minutes. Um, And, you know, like all of the other players that we're going to talk about, they too are probably going to have minute restrictions and they too probably won't play back to backs and shit, man, maybe that's how every star is going to behave or be treated this year. Like everyone, we understand that this is crazy. If it's a national game, then you have to play. Otherwise just do what you, your body is telling you to do. And you know, like Kevin Durant doesn't need to be a hundred percent Kevin Durant to be 90% better than 90% of the rest of the league. Like he's going to have a career stat there. Well, he's just, he's, he's going to have a career. Like he can play till 45 if he wants to. That's how tall and he's the most natural scorer in NBA history. Maybe is is there to like, it will age nicely with him. Yeah. Everyone always says Dirk, like he's right. And you can see him outperforming that he's, he doesn't put too much weight on his body, which is also another good thing. Um, He's just, god damn, he's such a fucking slick, sweet-ass player. He's, he's so, so smooth. Um, he didn't go number one in the draft. And it's going to be really exciting to see him in the Nets uniforms. Uh, I just feel like, like if you're picking 11th and Kevin Durant is there, you have to take him. Oh, my you God, yeah. 100%. I mean, if you're, if you're picking 10 and Kevin Durant. Just for the chance. Like, that's what, just like in the real draft, at a certain point, it's all about not the risk, but the opportunity. Right. Um, what about his teammate, Kyrie? What are your feelings on Kyrie for 2021? Cause I, I am like, I'm wishy-washy on this. <laughs> yes. He is my favorite. Uh, I like, I go back and forth as to whether or not he's a top 20 pick. So, um, Kyrie in 2019, 20. So last year, even though that, sort of seems so long ago he only played 20 games but he averaged 27 plus points per game took seven three-point attempts per game had a 39 three-point percentage had five boards per game which Which is impressive that's surprising i like that uh six times a steal only went to the line five times per game but had a 92 percent free throw percentage uh all the things we said about kd and his minutes getting handled goes for Kyrie too Last year, actual last year, Kyrie was a top 30 pick. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is all shit that I just had like in folders. You, like maybe it ended up his average draft position was top 15, but there were a bunch of dudes that went before him and he's a scoring point guard who gets you a bunch of different stats but there are dudes that are better than him at yeah. doing those things like he, it's yeah. not like he's the number one point guard in fantasy no no and and for me the biggest thing that i'm like after i just said don't take worry about a deep with breath him. oh my well, god i just said don't worry about Stephen peter calm down <laughs> with, with kevin durant and now i'm about to be like i'm worried about injuries with Kyrie. I'm yeah, this other Kyrie dude sucks like, though. <laughs> I'm worried about Kyrie just like missing random games, going on random periods, having maybe just like a weird relationship with Steve Nash, which is already kind of ha- like mm. I don't know. Jesus, I mean that whole thing. 
it's 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 i just personally i feel like Kyrie is a marvel on the court obviously when he is like healthy and in it and locked in and all of this jazz it feels like a lot of things need to be right for him to be like on his game and uh for me personally there are just there are other especially point guards if we're you know since that's his position if you're looking at other point guards who you're going to kind of like be picking him over like i don't know I feel like there's a, there are other guys and one of them who we will talk about, obviously. Uh, but like, I mean, I would take Westbrook over him. Uh, I would like, I guess, I guess in my mind, and let me quickly do some uh, stats and information while I am uh, backing this up. So I don't seem like math sounds, math sounds, math, sounds. math, math, being math, being math. <laughs> um, like, would you, would, would you take, I would take Trey young over Kyrie. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, good. My math, yeah, my for math sure. Played because out. fantasy basketball is in real life basketball. You know, like right. Trey's going to be averaging a higher point per game than Kyrie. And assists. He's he averaged sure. nine assists last totally. year. Totally. Which, which yeah. is, I didn't realize he was so high in assists. He was sense. the first half of last year. Oh man, that was so fucking long ago. But you know what? October feels so long ago. I it, Dude, I know it's November, five but five days ago feels so long. Yeah. Ago. Each week Sweet is like a Jesus. month. We're like in that part of the Star Trek movie uh, when they go back in time and save the whales. That's four, right? Yeah. Um, whatever. Sure. It's all so weird. Um, anyway, Kyrie is not the best point guard. He's maybe not the in the top five. I don't know. Um, and there's... So I completely agree with you on the structure of the Brooklyn Nets. It does sort of feel like there's too many cooks in the kitchen and they keep hiring old, you know, Nash, like Amari Stoudemire is there. Somebody else is there. I Who forget. did they just hire? Yeah, they just right, hired right. someone else too. Someone ridiculous. <laughs> like what is going on here? And you know what? None of it fucking matters because the way the Nets are going to end up playing is through Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant's on that team. Right. The Golden State Warriors were one of the best teams in history, and it became Kevin Durant's team. He was the fault. He's arguably the best player in the NBA when he's a hundred percent. He was playing with two Hall of Fame shooter, like all time best shooters ever, with in Clay and Steph. Kyrie is not one of those people, even though he's super super good. This is going to be a Durant team. And nothing that anything else, no one else is going to change that unless he's hobbled. Yeah. In which uh, case, you know, I retract everything. It was uh, Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The what Nets. the fuck? Are you kidding oh, my me? God. I forgot that. Jesus. Oh, what is that? What is that? That's like. I don't know. It's, it's fucking incredible. I love it. Uh, dude. Uh, I mean. The, the Nets have how, no idea what they're doing. First of all, that made me think, wait, did that happen before or after Daryl in Philly? Daryl. I feel like friends. it happened after. I, I I mean, if I were Daryl Morey, I would want the guy that, you know, seems to be considered an offensive genius to help me with this weird puzzle, but whatever. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh all right, well, let's talk about those two guys who we've mentioned many times that Kevin Durant did play with Stephen clay, obviously right. all these guys are golden state warriors. <laughs> yeah, everyone, It all comes back to, uh, to golden state warriors. Obviously uh, 
Clay missed all of last year. Steph played five games and then busted his hand. And now, and they basically just sat him out because they sucked. And they were like, let's, uh, let's tank for that number one overall pick. And they got number two. Um, do you have any worries, Steph, having, uh, you know, a rich history early in his career of injury and missing games? Do you have any worry of that kind of flaring its way back up? He played 51 games in 2017, 18, and then 69 in 2018, 19 then obviously five in 2019, 20, does that impede your view on him at all? I think he's a top 15 pick. I would certainly yeah. take him over Kyrie. Um, but I, I don't necessarily know that he is, I feel more confident in Kevin Durant coming back from injury and being the Kevin Durant of old and getting you in terms of fantasy production. than I would say in terms of Steph coming back and being the, the Steph of old in terms of getting you fantasy production. I think that Steph's injuries have all, like the early ankle shit, once he dealt with that, it seems like the the injuries are things that are not those ankles. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm not that concerned. I also feel like there are few players in the NBA. I mean LeBron James, but like Steph Curry knows his body and yeah. knows how to change it for the better. He had to do that early in his career because of his health issues. And he was great at it. So, I mean, I'm a guy that doesn't like it when pro athletes golf a lot because I think that's really bad for your back. But uh, he seems to just be an all-around tremendous athlete, and I totally believe in Steph Curry. I think that these long layoffs are going to be really, really good for both Clay and Steph. I wouldn't be surprised if Steph is in the running for MVP this coming season. Ooh, like Steph spicy. is the guy out of all these dudes that I sort of think maybe won't have a minutes cap. Like Steph might be coming back in being like, yup, LeBron had his year. Everyone remembers how many MVPs do I have? How many chips do I have? How good am I? Uh, like he could storm. We talked about pissed off players before last yeah. season. I bet Steph's a little pissed off. Y'all forgot about me. Like, my name, I was the face of the NBA. We've had a weird couple of years. Let's be fair. But, you know, I'm not an old man. I'm early 30s. I get to play with two Hall of Famers, maybe another all-star, depending on what's going on with transactions. And, yo, I, you know, I've outplayed... Kawhi I've outplayed LeBron I don't know about this kid Luca like he seems to have gotten a lot better last year (laughs) Phoenix is dangerous but like Steph doesn't need to be afraid of anybody and I feel like he's gonna be rip-roaring this year so he was drafted top 15 like you said last season and if you're a Curry believer I think he definitely goes top 10 this year because If he's going for an MVP campaign, then fuck it, man. Like, what can't he do? Shit, man. You're, uh, I am a sucker for narratives, and that is a really good narrative. I mean, we we were on this narrative for Jimmy Buckets last year, and that Jimmy Buckets totally, just like, totally. wanted just like Great little point. fingers to the NBA all season long. And he you sure know what? did, too. He did. He did. <laughs> he fucking carried that Heat team to the finals. God bless him. Uh God, Steph, Steph coming into this year and just being like, 
the the face of the NBA is such a good point because he was. Everyone was like, oh, my God, Steph Curry is just shooting ridiculous threes. He's so fluid. He's so hot off the dribble. He's so sexy right now. And is just like the guy that the NBA was all molded around. Off year, couple of weird, you know, and he could be coming back with just a sheer vengeance. And this whole Warriors team, I think, is going to be coming back with that, like, solid determination um yeah i had steph with the with i had injury concerns lingering in the back of my head and i had that for him you know keeping him as kind of a a, a 15 just outside of round one if you're in a 12 player league uh in in drafts but shit man you i initially was having the debate like do you go russ or do you go steph and i think uh you have sold me that it is clearly Steph. Steph, if you are if you are looking for a sexy like like point guard that you can get, who I think is going to at baseline give you probably top five production as long as he's healthy at the point guard position, but could be just like a MVP season again where he you know fucking averages thirty points a game like he did back in twenty fifteen sixteen. He's not going to do that, but uh, but doing you know high twenties. Yeah, Steph might be Steph might be a point guard one this year, dude. And another thing is that obviously everyone coming up like knows who LeBron is and wanted yep. to be LeBron, but everyone also came up wanting to shoot like Steph. Mm-hmm. So all these kids in the NBA and these rookies coming in this year, all of them have been taking those shots like Steph took those shots. Like no one, everybody appreciates James Harden's technical proficiency, but he doesn't make it fun. Steph Curry is fun. Everybody wants to be like Steph and he's, he's going to remind people of that this year. Like it was all of last season didn't have the best team over the last five years, you know, like there, it was such a strange season where you didn't have Durant, Steph Curry or clay. That is, yeah. it's just Bonkers. absolutely mind boggling. It's, you know, like, like in baseball, when uh, I forget what it's called, but when all the runs happen and what, run clustering, it's like they're the Golden State Warriors injury cluster was yeah. spot on. They did it great. They were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of you sit out, Draymond play. I don't care. Um, we're we're gonna have the number two pick and Wiggins. We can basically do whatever we want. The whole thing is ridiculous. Like people don't talk about how nice it is for these warriors because everybody else had to play in the bubble the fucking warriors didn't no the warriors are coming into and i saw another thing the same thing i was saying when i saw like it was like 78 games that or 78 days that like the lakers and heat have had to rest until the nba season starts whereas like non-bubble teams is like 285 and steph and clay have had like a year plus uh totally it's going to be this Warriors team could be a lot of fun, especially if you know if they get um oh my god, what's the young big who everyone loves? Oh Wiseman. Yeah, Wiseman. If they get someone like Wiseman who could be just I think Wiseman would fit perfectly there. Uh as someone who who's really strong now, but I mean if he develops and without pressure, like thrust upon him from day one, he could be quite quite devilish for that team. All right, just cutting in quickly to uh, say we are about to take a quick ad break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back. Now, let me say this. Let me be devil's advocate real quick. Love it. If I'm Steve Kerr, Steph and Clay going at 125% right out of the gate is the last thing I want. Like, mm, I, they haven't played in so long. There's rust that develops on everybody. And if they push it too hard, too fast, that's how you get injured again. Just like Kevin Durant coming back early in the playoffs two seasons ago, and then what happened? Yeah. Busted his Achilles. So, yeah. uh, like, of all the teams, Golden State is going to be extremely aware of the injuries on their team. And I know I just tried to convince everyone that I think Steph is going <laughs> to you know, play, like, nearly 40 minutes MVP. a game. Right, but I I also feel like Kerr might ease them back in, so it's like you don't play you know thirty plus minutes for the first month or something. Or there's like because if you just go as hard as you fucking can, then you're just gonna crash into like young dudes in baseball, young outfielders that run into the fucking wall at top speed. You're like, my man, we love you, thank you for sacrificing your body. You're concussed. You broke your like. Let's chill out just a second. So that's the only thing that concerns me. Like, I don't think you can take Steph Curry number one, um, mm-hmm. but you, he's, he was drafted top 15 last year. You have to treat it like it's the same thing, I think. Okay. Yeah. How do you feel about clay quickly before we uh, go on to our other two final two guys? So clay, his stats for his last year, uh, 18, 19, 78 games played 21 plus points per game, seven plus threes attempted with a 40% three point percentage, which is the second lowest three point percentage of his career, by the way. So that will probably improve three plus boards, two plus times one plus steals. He's just so goddamn solid. All of those yeah. things were happening with Kevin Durant on the team. Now that he's gone, you know, depending on the personnel for the warriors, I think, his stats will go up and I think his efficiency will improve. Um, I, I think that clay is the same as he was two years ago, which is like, if he's your second or third draft pick, you're totally happy with it. Mm, mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. What do you think yeah, about I, clay? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think he's, I think was thinking that he's probably about a top 30 pick, which means you, you know, you're getting him in the middle of that third round. If you're in a 12 player league, Um, which I think that makes sense. Yeah. I don't think you, you're not drafting to be your number one. I would be hesitant to have him be my number two, but I think number three is the sweet spot for him. Uh, I do like the idea of him having a a, a scoring increase without Durant. Uh, It is kind of crazy that he hasn't played. We haven't seen him play without Durant. Uh, 
it feels like so long that Durant hasn't been with the Warriors and yeah. yet and yet yeah. they just you know we because he missed an entire year uh we haven't seen uh, a Durantless Tom uh, Clay Thompson and what and what that ultimately does for him I would like to see I would like to see I mean his defensive numbers are good and I think but I think a lot of the stuff we see isn't exactly registered um he did have actually his, his uh, career high in steals uh last year with one in 1.1 per game so that's but that's also because durant is there and it's like okay now the best perimeter player is not your assignment like the thing about clay is that i've always believed that if he were on a team by himself like the knicks he'd be a perennial mvp candidate Mm. clay is there for the playoffs almost more than steph is because clay's the one especially now that durant is gone like you, you get the toughest defensive assignment dude like you're going to be guarding the best guys on the other team, depending on size, obviously. Um, so I almost wonder whether they'll protect Clay more than Steph, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, no, that could make sense. And and I think that would also then play into uh, making sure that, like, I think if he's your third guy, third or fourth guy, now you have those two top guys locked into your team. You're not relying totally. on play. If he is starts, if he does start slow or if he is like, you know, pretty limited for that first part of the season, then it's not like, ah, shit. One of my top two guys is underperforming. It's more of like, okay, I can w- weather the storm of clay before everything clicks in the gear and he's firing on all cylinders. Now, let me give you my sales pitch for saying, fuck that clay is going to go off this year. Perfect. Durant is gone. Yep. Clay isn't as old as people think he is. Like everyone keeps thinking he's like two years older than he is. He's also like the only motherfucker in the NBA that can score 40 points in a quarter or whatever the fuck he did in that crazy. A hot hot Clay Thompson is a sight to behold. That is a drop. Craziest scoring. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's way more impressive than anything Harden's done over yes. the course of oh, the, yeah. it, it, because it seems like it's lightning in a bottle. But sh- shit, man! Like if Durant's gone and you know yeah. we need this, maybe it isn't. Maybe he has more games like that. So he is definitely a player that can have a miraculous offensive output. It's just that that's not what the Warriors have ever needed him to do. But maybe this year changes. Maybe. Um, all right. So sick. God, he is so sick. And I do love defense. Uh, Natty, what, what, what can we expect from John Wall this year? Please tell me. I have no idea. More sweaty pictures. Part of (laughs) like more (laughs) hungover. Just like wow. Oh my. Part of me is like all here for the John Wall double double machine back in like you know twenty. 14 to 2017 where he was averaging like 20 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, giving you five boards like that. I would love to see that John wall, but I also just like, I don't know. My worry is that John wall is going to go the route of Derek Rose Mm. where because he was such an explosive player and he's lost that now, or, or he has the potential to have lost that now that it's going to take a little bit of time for him to kind of rediscover what his offense is without that explosiveness. He's never been that great, a three point shooter. I mean, he's shooting about like 30% on his career uh, with only like two to three attempts per game. So 
I don't know, like that, that part of his game isn't so developed that I feel like he can quickly rely on that as opposed to, as opposed to driving and kind of scoring inside the paint. But he is someone who, he's someone who I feel like you could draft at, you know, get him at a pretty good discount and he could either be worth like at that discount or he could just like everything could could click he could be the john wall of old and suddenly you're getting yourself you know a a top three fantasy point guard on your hand or top five fantasy point guard on your hands he's always been a little discounted about the dimes which doesn't really make sense like his last you know in 2018 19 he averaged eight plus dimes a game. So like he averages a, nine on his career. Yeah. He's a really good distributor. It might be that the scoring comes down. And so he's like a little bit more like Ricky Rubio um, where, you know, you're not there to score. The thing about driving to the hoop is that last year or, you know, 2018, 19, he had his lowest free throw percentage of his career. Um, He's a mid seventies for his career and it was 69. That's not nice. It's not great. Like that you could, you could, you know, slap me across the face and say, yeah, that means it's going to rebound. But I could also, you know, with tears in my eyes say, but what if that's the start of going down? Um, He's, if he's not going to drive and he can't shoot from outside, then you're a little bit of a limited fantasy player. Yeah. So, while I love Dr. John Wall and he was one of the most exciting players in the NBA, you're right. If he doesn't have that burst, he will be less effective, less dangerous. It's also going to be a weird roster in DC, I think. And Beal is now the alpha. So if Wall is, you know, the distributor behind Beal and Beal is the real scoring threat, then maybe that helps John Wall's efficiency improve if his but his volume might go down. On the other hand, like it's been a long time off for him too. Maybe he comes back, maybe he's healed, maybe he's 20 plus points a game again. Um it's just hard to draft him in a spot where you're not drafting for the upside and getting a bargain. You know what I mean? It's like it drafting him as like your second or third player is just asking to be disappointed. Yes. But after that, you know, like getting on in the rounds, hey, why not? I mean, there are players that I'd ra- I'd rather bet on his upside and his competency, especially with the assists. And like his floor for scoring won't be that low. Right. You he's know, it's not, gonna, not like he's, he's going to score nine points a game. Right. Exactly. I don't think he's going to drop below like 15. Like I, I would be surprised if, if agree, he's agree. scoring yeah. under 15 a game. And, you you know, maybe you could get get a 15 and 10 stat line, which, hey, that's sure fantastic, especially in double double leagues. So um, I I agree with you that I think his game will have changed and he will have to change with it. Um, I also got to say, though, that like it's DC so like it could just be ball and wheel, you know, and wall and beal that's the second fucking time i've messed <laughs> things up today been a long day sorry i mean i just, um, I just want to say that if anyone is looking for like a good cop show ball and wheel there you go ball and wheel <laughs> seems like an excellent name for a cop show fact absolutely <laughs> it also depends on what they do with the latvian laser like that team if you have 
serious shooting around Wall, then maybe that really improves him and he gets back to what he used to be. You know, like if they, like if Boogie Cousins signed there and they were like, just shoot from outside, we don't need you to be an interior presence as much, then, you know, maybe that would be great for Wall. But um, just like you said, you have to be wary of the diminution of his earlier potency. Yeah. Uh, what a what a natural and brilliant transition you just threw out there, Natty, because the last player we're going to talk about coming off of major injury is the aforementioned DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. Uh, currently a free agent, doesn't have a team. Obviously, uh, your fantasy value, I don't know if you knew this, Natty, is slightly capped if you don't <laughs> actually play basketball, if you don't have a team to play for. However, hmm. I feel like it's uh, not going out on a limb saying that DeMarcus Cousins will be signed by some team uh, at the start of the 2021 season. Assuming he is, what is your feeling on him? Because, I mean, you you can say that we haven't seen DeMarcus Cousins in, in a long time, but when we have seen him, I mean, his last year with Golden State, he played, or 2018-19, excuse me, with Golden State, played 30 games, averaged 16 a game, eight rebounds, uh, almost four assists while shooting not great from three. But if you go the year back when he was on the Pelicans, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the Pelicans year was incredible for him. 48 games, 25 points, 12 boards, five assists, mm-hmm. shooting 50, mm-hmm. 35% from three, taking six attempts per game. Like if that version of DeMarcus Cousins, now this, now what Dude, we saw in Golden th- State was three like, plus stocks per game. I mean, yeah. What we saw in Golden State was post-Achilles because he tore his Achilles, uh, and that's what ended the time with the Pelicans. But, man, if he can come anywhere near that Pelicans version of himself, like he's going to be another guy that you can probably get at a pretty good discount, especially if he's one of these situations. Like If you're drafting, given how compressed the offseason is going to be, if you're drafting in a couple of weeks, you know, you want to have a couple of weeks ahead of the of the NBA season to kind of get your shit in order. And he's not on a team yet. You will probably be able to get him at, at quite a good discount uh, for what he could be. But the question is, is whether or not realistically, like what is his what are his numbers going to be? So last year, around 35 players averaged 20 plus points per game and around 40 players averaged five times per game. That's a player that DeMarcus can be. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even need to be at his apex to get the volume and the numbers. And if he's put in the right context, like, if he's not going to be a backup for Golden State, you know, if it's if a team actually, like, gives him a three-year deal and says, yes, you start for us, we love you, then I don't see why he can't score 20 points and grab 10 rebounds per game and do all these other things. Um, I mean, he did those stats with the brow on his team. Like he can play with another big. Now, Anthony Davis is not just any other big, obviously. Like one of the landing spots for Boogie, we have no idea what a contract for him would look like. But like, would he look good in Minnesota playing with Cat? Our cat and the brow, you know, similar to play with for another big, would having a, another scorer there, if that's what Boogie still is, be helpful for Minnesota to get to the playoffs? There are a lot of teams that are extremely interesting, even for a 75% Boogie. Like a 75% Boogie, 
on Boston as their starting center Ooh. is interesting. Dude, a seventy-five percent. I have wanted boogie on the Celtics. I just have wanted boogie on the Celtics for so long. Like totally. I absolutely love boogie as a player uh, and and as a person, honestly too. Like I love the fact that he just constantly called out the Sacramento Kings for being completely dysfunctional. Uh, yeah, if if you got if they got boogies, it does feel like kind of a move that maybe the Celtics would do, where it's like you get a potential top five big uh, for a super big discount and you're like Brad Stevens go milk the best out of him, which Brad can do. Uh, but yes, anyways, I just had to, I had to say that I am, I stand. Dude, that's why I said it because that's a, that's a wet green dream right there. Like what? that would look so fucking good. And we're, we're not going to talk about the playoffs. That's not what we're talking about. Like this is signing a guy at a discount, depending on what his, uh actual production becomes but like he can stretch the floor a little bit he's a fun player and a team like boston who has a you know front court depth but there isn't really a star there like maybe he's the straw that stirs the drink and maybe you know you can keep the younger guys and so like time lord you know plays more and boogie doesn't have to play as much um, depending on what Toronto does with Serge and Marcus all like Boogie in Toronto is interesting. I told you earlier, like why shouldn't Atlanta just throw him a three-year deal? Like here's some money. We have all this cap space. I would like to see what you and Trey look like together. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. 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 I think the most dangerous though, like everyone is like, Oh yeah, we'll sign with the Lakers. And like, yeah, maybe, maybe for sure. But Dallas, Oh, Dallas. Yeah. Tell me more like that right there. You're not asking to play twin towers. You're saying Mm -hmm. we always have an elite big out here, no matter what. And maybe we mix and match depending on the opponent. Sometimes you start, sometimes you don't, you know, if we're playing the Lakers, maybe starting the unicorn and boogie at the same time makes sense. Right, put the I don't know. Four and boogie at the five. Yeah. Or do what you want. Like at that point, like the numbers that designate the positions don't even matter. You sure. know, it's like you're just sort of building a fucking wall, right? Just like Stan Van Gundy said. Like, and that's the size of the Lakers has scared the rest of the league. And so I do think that there are teams out there who are going to be like, you know what? We just we need more front court depth, and and maybe that's why the Cavs were playing four D chess and have all of the fucking front. But they were <laughs> they're stupid. They're terrible. But Boogie, like, if let's say that the market is super cold on Boogie and he can't yeah. get a starting job, a team like Phoenix would be extremely interesting for him. You back up Aiton, you know, like you. Can you could be the focal point of the offense if you want to when you come off the bench? Um, I really kind of don't like him with the Clippers, but I'm sure it would work out fine. Um, you know, a team that no one ever talks about is the Spurs. It would be sure. kind of incredible to see Boogie with Pop. Um, you know, Washington, Miami. Miami is interesting, but all of this is dependent on how much money he can actually get. You know, like if the Pacers. Well, they don't have any money, but 
if the Pistons were like, hey, here's more money than Atlanta, than everybody else is willing to give you, and it's a multiple-year contract, and you can demand a trade, and maybe we just want to sign you to trade you anyway. Like, why shouldn't he say yes? So there's the opportunity cost for that. Like, he might have a bunch of suitors, but I don't know how high the money's going to go. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Well, I think ultimately, I think regardless of where he ends up, if I think he is, he's worth taking a a flyer on later in your drafts uh, because, because of what we've seen in the past, because how good he could be. Um, and because ultimately I feel like, especially with his track record of injuries uh, recently and, and kind of off the court issues, uh, however, my, you know, however blown up out of proportions, those might've been by the, the Kings or masturbated by the Kings. I feel like a team is going to sign Boogie with a plan for him. And that plan obviously worked when he joined the Pelicans. And so I would trust a team that totally. took him to have a plan for Boogies, have a role that Boogie's buying into, and that being fantasy relevant. So, And, you know, Boogie's not bullshit from outside. But he has a really bad reputation, but a lot of that was due to the Kings being Yeah, awful. the Kings are fucking trash. So let's not, let's not hype, you know, put this all For sure. And... Uh, they were changing t- coaches all the time. Yeah, they just treated him really, really badly. He showed that he can play with another star in New Orleans. He showed that he can take a back seat and try to prove it with the Golden State Warriors. Yep. So I kind of feel like all he needs now are the minutes to prove everything else. And there will be a team out there that is willing to give him those minutes, depending on how crazy shit gets and how much money's going around. And, you know, if there's not really a contract to his liking, then maybe he goes back to Golden State and has a bigger role there. And, is you know, like we lost Durant, but maybe we gained a boogie. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, before we go, I do want to quickly say, uh, sadly, some bad news came across the uh, the basketball world today. Celtics legend Tommy Heinsohn uh, passed away at 86 years old. Um, so I quickly just wanted to, throw, you know, pay some respects to a guy who obviously I never saw play uh, and I didn't see coach, but I did see him as a commentator. And there were very few things I loved more uh, in a Celtics game when I would than when I would yell at my TV at a terrible call I thought the refs made only to hear Tommy Heinsohn yell at the refs even louder uh, <laughs> and to a national audience about how wrong the refs were. Uh, it is pretty crazy to think that the Celtics have been around for 74 years, uh, and Tommy was a part of that team for 62 of those years as a player, a coach, and a broadcaster. He should be and will likely be a three-time Hall of Famer as a player, coach, and broadcaster. So, I just wanted to take a little bit of time to uh, to pay some respects to him and and how much his uh, his voice, his energy, his his blatant homerism uh, was a really monumental part of my enjoyment for the Boston Celtics in these recent years. Giving it the nickname the little guy is just incredible, uh, and will always stick with him and and stick with Celtics fans. So uh, pouring some out for him and and remembering the best of, of Tommy Heinsohn today. R.I.P. Indeed. As, you know, a Pistons fan, I love George Blaha. Everyone needs more Blaha. (laughs) And, uh, you know, announcers are with you a lot 
when you're a sports fan. You hear their voices a lot. You hear what they think a lot. And the ones that actually, you know, touch you and that you feel simpatico with, those guys are always remembered. Uh, just like Ernie with the Tigers. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's sad. He lived a long life. Uh, Boston legend and rest in peace. Amen. All right. Well, uh, with that, we are done for today. Make sure you subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, that's how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy bas- uh, baseball and football podcasts. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Long Two Podcast. We will be back at you next week as we closer approach a wild 2021 NBA season and 21 uh, 2021 NBA offseason. Natty, until then, have a good week and stay safe. You do the same. Everybody email your leagues because this shit's going to happen fast. So get ready. Have a good week, Pete. Stay safe. <laughs> <laughs>